is it a knock at the door then too? After they've like done their dance choreographed dance at the house party too, I have to mention that. <laughs> all the all the all the cliches. <laughs> I live for a choreographed dance in Alberta film. I have to tell you, nothing makes me happier. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. Hi everyone! Welcome to, Welcome to horror, horror movie survival, survival guide. guide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Julia. I'm Terry. <laughs> uh, this week we are talking about 2018's thriller. Thriller. Do 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 do. No no no. Wait, that's not the one. <laughs> An actual feature film, not the music video. Although the music video, of course, iconic, the best of all times. Iconic. Uh, I titled the title for this episode is Hoochie Love. Uh, love. Which will, will come around later. Uh, so this movie was written by Ken Rents and Dallas Jackson, and Dallas Jackson also directed this film. Uh, the music is by RZA. Yes, the RZA, yep. Wu Tang. The Wu Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> he does amazing mu- music for this movie, and is so delightful as like a buttoned up principal. I was like, Oh yeah. I'm delighted by this. <laughs> it's great. Like, I feel like he's kind of against type in like the most beautiful way. Like he's definitely the, like, I don't know the, 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 not the father figure, but the school principal. Like it's so funny. I love it so much. I love anytime he's on screen. I was just like, yes. Okay. So <laughs> I, um, I, I was watching excited. The, the credits for this movie started and it got to the editor and it said John Quinn. And I was like, Hmm. And I went on IMDb, and indeed, the same John Quinn that edited my documentary, out of print, edited this film. What? Look at this. What are the odds of that? I didn't even know. What so a small world. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. So, so I have some a little bit of a, a tidbit for for us from him that he told me that he said I could tell you at the end, at the end, though. Um, oh, my God. I can't wait to hear it. I'm very my curiosity is peaked my little ears are like (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we're very excited to do um this film because we're starting a round of films that are directed um uh black directed films so this will be the first in our well spike lee was last week as well so we like we continue on we're just gonna do them all the time as often as we can black horror matters black directors matter black lives matter all that good stuff so i'm very excited um to to dive in yeah so let's dive in with mr chauncey Oh my gosh. So we're in Compton in LA area, California. There's kids playing and joking and you can tell there's like that kid group dynamic of like the playground. There's definitely a pecking order and hierarchy and it's established very quickly. Um, and we meet Chauncey, who's a, a, a kind of a, a, sul- a sullen looking fellow who at first looks kind of dodgy coming into a convenience store, but then uh, buys a hot dog to give to homeless man on the way out. So you're like, oh, 
I've misjudged this man. Yeah, he's a sweet um, little, he looked like a little sweetie. He just looked nervous. He just looks like really, yeah. really shy. Like it's, people might think he's like a menace of some sort, but he's just a really shy little kid. And you hear the kids kind of taunting him. And I love it that this comes up. They call him Ghetto Goody Two Shoes is like this little nickname they have for him. I was just like, oh. You know, like it's got to be rough when like you don't want to be the hard one out of your friends. You're like the sweet boy. Um, but this world is like misjudging, like like Julia was saying, like you don't know, you know, um, who, what he's going to be. And, and uh, he gets pushed. These kids uh, are, are making fun, talking about him because he has a crush on one of the girls there, Lisa. And mm-hmm. they're talking shit, these little kids. So they decide, of course, as mean kids do, that they're going to play a little prank on him and start, uh, they have uh, Lisa, who they know she has his crush on, lure him into this decrepit house where they're all waiting with him for him with masks uh, and are scared, trying to scare him. Now they have like uh, creepy course, skeleton, like skeletory kind of mask. And Lisa is totally the bait. She's all sweet outside, like, hi, Chauncey. And he's like, what? Huh? You want to talk to me? Oh, and you're just like, oh no, little boy, don't do it. But he's so pure of heart and he follows her into this trap. Yes. And it is a trap. But of course, as these uh, childish pranks do, it goes too far. uh, And Chauncey is so afraid that he pushes one of the kids off of a balcony uh, and kills him immediately. Yeah. It's a a sister. It's Imani. It's a little girl. And he he pushes her because they've all like kind of chase him around the house. It's a whole like in a chase sequence and he's overwhelmed he seems like a kid almost on the spectrum a little bit too like just kind of his his reactions a little bit um he just isn't quite sure what to do so yeah so amani is the little little girl that um gets pushed it's one of the girls in the group it's her little sister kim um and so they're all kind of in shock that this happened because this was not part of their scare plan um so they collectively this reminds me a little bit of like the crucible or something you know like like our lord of the flies that moment when the kids kind of make a bad decision worse um and push the other kids into something crazy so they all just say collectively i forget what? I know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Oh God. It, Yours it, are, are better, are better, but <laughs> it is that too. Totally. Um, within genre. But I feel like it's just that collective thing of childhood of like, Oh no, they're going to get blamed. And then no one wants to get in trouble. So they have to blame somebody and they all point to Chauncey since he's the one that they're already all kind of dislike anyway. Um, and he's the outsider. He is the outsider. So they start pointing to him and say, Chauncey did it. Chauncey did it. And they say it's either him or us, which is, uh, there you go. But as on, so they, uh, Chauncey ends up getting arrested. And as he's leaving is I'm going to get you is his last words. Well, it's just, it's really, this is one of those moments too, watching this, especially right now in the midst of like black lives matter movement, really taking some serious wind and, and the uprising continuing. Um, it's a really, I, I kind of feel like I watched this through a different lens than I probably would have even like, you know, a few years back. Um, just seeing the defeat in this little boy who we've already had our little save the cat moment with him of him buying this hot dog, you know, for this homeless man, that's the kind of stuff he seems to do regularly. Like you had a little montage kind of of his mom being really sweet with him and like all the things he kind of, does and he's a really thoughtful like sensitive person and to hear the cop that picks him up go i don't like bullies like you you're in for it is basically what he says to this little boy and he's 14 and he and this is what somebody's already perceived of him they don't know him and they tell him like you're basically screwed now when you head into juvie and yeah chauncey does 
in that moment say, I'm going to get you back. You know, like he's like not about this. Um, Um, and then, then we have these cool credits. That's like the intro of the movie. Then we get these cool graphic, like novel style credits kind of showing you what it's like for him in prison. I think this is a great device instead of having to go film a bunch of stuff of a kid getting brutalized in prison, please just draw me the pictures. And I don't want to see all of that. I'd rather see the storyboard and then, then see this poor little kid get brutalized, but everything from like, you see him like kind of getting spit on in jail. And this is all done with, um, drawings. It's yeah, it's very well done and, and a way to tell a lot of story during a period of you know a movie where normally no story is told right during the credit sequence. But you now you have you have this backstory which is um, going to be coming in handy when we flash forward four years later um, and Chauncey is being uh, released from prison. Yep, so it's so. the day he's released and. What's going to happen? So we get a, caught up with everybody else too, not just Chauncey. We see yeah. where as where are they now, so to speak, of everybody else um, too. His mom uh, is not done well. Mm-hmm. She's drinking too much now. We see Lisa. Um, mm-hmm. We see Lisa who is on medication um, and is really having, a, you know, seems to have out of everybody outwardly the most angst about what has happened. Um, and this is uh, played by Lisa's played by Jessica Elaine, who is um, really great in this film. Um, they let you know right away homecomings coming up. So yeah. that's something that we're going to be looking forward to. And Jessica's great. I was so excited to see her face. I was like, why do I know her? Why do I know her? And I looked and she was in the um, Netflix movie recently called Laundry, The Laundry Mat with Meryl Streep. Um, about the Panama Papers, and she does a really good job in that film as well. Um, wow. Holds holds her own. Yeah, she's a fabulous model, actress, up and coming. That I feel like is somebody good to look out for in the next few years as well. Too, really, really talented. But yeah, so Homecoming is coming up, but she's up for being queen, and she does. She doubts herself so much, like. Oh, her little heart. <laughs> and so her mom gives her a little pep talk, like, no, you have a good heart. And you can kind of see in the back of her mind, her questioning that every day because of what has happened to Chauncey. And this really does haunt her because she was the bait. She was kind of the one that was a catalyst for getting him into the house. And she knows he wouldn't have gone in there unless she had asked him. And you can see on her face in the childhood sequence that there are several points where she wants to tell him, don't go inside and want to like, you know, save him. And she doesn't. So I think that that kind of guilt, uh, weighs on her. Um, so Chauncey, uh, is coming home through, uh, his neighborhood and runs into, uh, some not so nice gentlemen who are standing there to taunt him immediately. Welcome like, home. Of, of course, as soon as he gets back, it's already an issue and people trying to give him a hard time. And he's tough now, though. This boy has been hardened by jail and the time. And he honestly threatens them right back. And he's not going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Tired as oh. hell. <laughs> and he's not going to uh, take it anymore. And, and and the catalyst for this little scuffle is uh, the <laughs> Chauncey. Uh, what are the what are the, gang, the gangus says? I I'll blow your head off if you scuff my chucks. And yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> it goes over his chucks. I know it's like basically he's he's just trying to flex because he doesn't want to feel threatened because somebody messed up his shoes, which is just so you know obviously ridiculous. But everything's posture here, and you get that I think with everybody, like all these kids, all the angst of normal teen life on top of dealing with the pressure of trying to get out of this neighborhood, and that's kind of the overlying theme of mm-hmm. this film. Um, you know, and you see, um, just, uh, 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 you know, um, everybody feels trapped. Like even Lisa, even though she's gotten into this really good school, it seems like she doesn't have enough money without a scholarship to get in 
Ty, who's one of the other kids. He's a kid playing football, but he feels like the only way he can get out of his neighborhood and situation is if he's able to get a scholarship as well and try to join the NFL. He's got all these dreams. Um, Gina, who's one of the other kids, like she's dealing with trying to get out of there, but she only sees the way out through a guy and she's just trying to date somebody. So they all have these like little things where they're trying to reach forward um, to get out of there. Yeah. Um, so we get uh, Compton High School is where the movie takes place. Um, and as we mentioned, Reza is the principal, which is just rad. Um, but there's, you know, there's tension within the group uh, because uh, Ty and Derek both like Lisa. And so there's been kind of a thing um, and they end up getting in a Ty and Dre. I'm sorry. Um, and they end up getting in a scuffle in the cafeteria. Um, so, and then Dre is taken into uh, the principal's office to, have a little lecture uh, by the principal. Little tough love lecture. It's just <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> like <laughs> if you're gonna get talked to by somebody, this is it. You know, like I I I love this moment too. So he's basically like, kid, like why are you acting so hard? He's like, you're from Baldwin Hills. Like you got a nice family. Like <laughs> really, like he's literally from the nice neighborhood of you know of the school. And um, it's it's Black Beverly Hills, basically, you guys. That's what BH is also BH. You know, it's the same kind of back in the day when when people were not when black people were not allowed to move. That's kind of where all the up upward mobile mobile black folks would move to. And so he lives there, and he's got like you know nice everything. And he's like, I have to act hard so people don't give me a hard time. Like he's put on this veneer and put up this front and like tries to like basically be on the offense. So he's not having to act in defense for himself. And that's basically what we get to in that conversation. Um, but there is uh Riza punches him in the stomach, right? Yeah. Well, cause he's, he gives him a chance. He's like, Hey kid, he's like, you're so tough. Punch me in the face. And the kid goes to punch him in the face. And before he can do that, Riza like yeah. sucker gut punches him. And you're just like, Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's a very like uh, Breakfast Club, like Dean Vernon, like Bender <laughs> face off moment where you're like, one here, come, come right, come on, one punch. Um, so, um, so the we have a cheerleader practice scene, um, and there ends up being um, uh, Gina attacks uh, Lisa in the middle. Well, this of This isn't cheerleader practice. This is homecoming queen oh, court it, I know, but it, practice, which feels like a cheerleader a, practice. It does, because it's absurd, because who has ever heard of a homecoming court having to do, like, a dance? <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen it. I know they had, like, an entrance, so I guess it just depends on your school and how they, like, get, get that done. So I guess right. at this high school, the girls do, like, a dance instead of, like, I remember at ours, like, it was, like, a big deal to have them. They entered, like, on the field, like, during the game. And, like, there was a whole okay. thing that weekend. Like, it was part of a processional for my high school. So, I don't know. Maybe that's part of what it is. Um, so, yes. So, yeah. so ahead, Gina please. and Lisa get at it during this, like, situation. So, Gina um, is the scrappy version of Lisa, basically. Um, uh, these bo- Both these girls have dreams outside of being where they're at. But Gina feels like the only chance she's got to, like, shine in this moment and before high school's over is to be homecoming queen. So she's really campaigning hard and, uh, they have a moment and like, she gets, ends up having a tiff with the teacher and the teacher kicks her out and kicks her off court. Um, so she's pissed and now she's got a vendetta for Lisa feeling like she's getting everything stolen from her. Cause, um, Gina's like guy that she's been talking to, Ty actually likes Lisa and it's, it's, so it's a drama beyond just like, them jockeying for the position as queen. I guess mm-hmm. it is next level of queen, like being his queen as well, personal queens. 
That's right. Um, so yes, she's devastated. She's dropped from the homecoming competition. Bent for revenge. Sounds familiar. Um, so then we have a scene uh, where the street gang that was part, part, uh, had bullied Chauncey earlier uh, is brutally murdered. The street gang. Yeah, by a hooded figure. So we get this guy, and, he, and it and it seems like it might be Chauncey coming back. Who knows? It's this this kid in a in a black hoodie and um, comes back and and uh, tries to to fight these guys off. And uh, it looks like he's gonna walk away. And like the guy's like, yeah, punk, because there's like a gun pulled and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the gun gets set on the ground. And as the gangster guy's walking away, this is when he gets gutted uh instead so they grab a knife and gut him instead of using the gun he was not a punk whoever this murderer is um we have a sequence next of uh chauncey chasing lisa through an abandoned house it only turns out to be a nightmare so we know that she has been having nightmares this this entire four years has been haunted by what she has done recurring dreams recurring dreams and it's pretty it's pretty scary um and uh the kids converge again in the morning at school as they do in the courtyard, hanging out in front of the school. And they're talking about the homecoming, like who's going with what. And we also find out that um, this artist, this singer, Unique, is going to be at um, Big Boy's Neighborhood, which is a real radio show in LA. We love Big Boy, been on forever. I used to listen to him driving to, driving to school when I was at UCLA all the time, every morning. Big Boy's Neighborhood. Anyway, um, <laughs> Big Boy lost like 300 pounds too. He used to really be a really big boy, and now he's like so skinny, and it's kind of crazy to see him. Um, um, on didn't film. change it didn't change it to small boy no he's didn't still boy? really tall <laughs> all boy he will always be big boy he will always be big boy. it's just more fun to say a double b a big boy <laughs> um and um he's also just i'm sure it's trademark he's like an icon here in la so he's a real radio dj so he's like hey come up to big boy's neighborhood we're gonna have unique in the house so kim who's one of the girls um who was amani's big sister really wants to um is excited because like she loves unique and really wants to meet him he's the singer of who you, you love, love. <laughs> so it's a big new song and so um as they're talking though um derek lets them know that um easy hicks who's that one of the gangsters that that, that were hanging out ha- causing trouble died and they saw it death by snapchat death on snapchat is where he saw a video of this happen that's terrible. Come on. And Video, so Lisa's Snapchat death. scared and she wants to call the police and all this stuff. And they're like, nope, don't do it. Um, so we have Kim goes down to meet Unique. She had this is her her ticket out, she thinks. She makes fall, Unique fall in love with her. She's out of here. Creepy um, love. Creepy <laughs> love. And she uh, she goes in for the kill and it totally works. And Unique's like, okay. You're 18, How old are you? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Love high school girls. I keep getting older. They stay the they same, stay the same age. age. <laughs> he's definitely on that type of train. Um, yep. He's like, will you go to homecoming with me? Like <laughs> everything. So she's got a plan. Yeah. So um, he, she invites him to this house party that the kids are having. He's like, I don't really do hood parties. So he ends up just dropping her off to this party. Um, but everyone's there. It's at Ronnie's house. One of the kids and the crew. And we got Derek who's DJing. He's always DJing stuff. And um, so it's a full house party. The kids are drinking. They're doing right. smoking weed. I was like, oh no, they're all going to die. <laughs> like horror movie has taught us. <laughs> horror movie survival got tip. Do not do drink. Do not drink or do drugs. I guess if you're underage or is it anybody? House parties are just generally not a good idea in horror movies. 
especially in this water. Yeah, yeah it's the not good. Sex upstairs, who knows? Uh, but uh, Tiffany and Eddie, who are a couple in the film, end up having a fight, uh, and Eddie gets chucked out of the party. Um, yeah, and, and Ronnie, who's who's the is at his house party, he kind of has a thing for Tiffany, and they have a moment, and they're like, "Oh, so this is like this is so high school too, where it's just like, oh my god, I'm over so and so right now, and I'm now with so and so, and it's just like all the like incestuous friend group stuff that kind of happens. It's definitely happening now, and um, Ronnie thinks he sees something like outside because he's like kind of chases Eddie off, and um, he gets his camera to take a picture, but he ends up dropping his phone. So now his phone's out of commission, which is always another bad sign in a horror movie when your phone doesn't work. Because, of course, inevitably, you're going to need to, like, text somebody or communicate with somebody later or they're trying to get a hold of you. But they have to remember, oh, yeah, that phone doesn't work. So Mm -hmm. he goes back in the house. um, And um, eventually we get a... Is it a knock at the door then too? After they've like done their dance choreographed dance at the house party too, I have to mention that <laughs> all the all the all the cliches. <laughs> I live for a choreographed dance number to film. I have to tell you, nothing makes me happier. Um, and Dre, because Dre also uh, pulls a cap gun at this party as a prank, which is never, never a good prank. Yeah, never a good. These prank. kids have got a lot of bad pranks throughout this yeah film. they keep doing really. stuff. they're like did you not learn did this first prank not teach you to never prank again how they, they all go stop. horribly wrong <laughs> prank <laughs> addiction can't stop won't stop that's what this should really be called um so anyway there's like slow dancing happening and so this is when like ronnie and like tiffany kind of try to get together and um and, and it just doesn't go well so this is when sorry i got a little lost oh yeah they kiss uh, he w- walks yeah. her home because the party gets broken up because mm-hmm. some shit goes down because somebody starts shooting at and because the bullets went off, everybody scatters. That's what happens when the, when the shooting happens. And so um, everybody goes home and um, all of a sudden, though, when Ronnie gets on his way back... Uh, starts getting uh, chased by Chauncey or a black-hooded figure, you should say. Yeah. Um, uh, but of course, the phone is out at his house always, which is always, you know... And we know his cell phone's broken and now his... Yep. So now you're truly royally fucked. Yep. Uh, and Ronnie gets beaten uh, with a baseball bat so bad. You're like, oh, oof. Okay, someone's got some anger with that. With that, yeah. With that swing. It's it's pretty bad. And so he gets beaten to death basically in his own home. And then we cut to um, the bedroom of, of Chauncey, the and then we see this kill list. And it's like a classic, like kind of creepy kill list. And he crosses off a name, and you're like, oh, he got a kill list. This isn't good. This is methodical now. So now these kids really need to be on alert, but they aren't quite yet because they don't know that Ronnie's gone because no one has been able to communicate with him about this because his cell phone's broken. Yep. But then we cut to, this is another classic high school moment. Coach giving a pep talk at the homecoming game. That's right. Like kids get out there. We're going to do everything good, but you know, mostly what we're going to do, we're going to throw the ball to Ty because he's the only one who's good on the team. And of course, Ty, it's, it's the it's the classic, the, the scouts at the game. This is my whole future writing on this one game. Uh, and so the coach, they all leave to go play. But the coach like, Ty, take a second. You like compose yourself in the locker room and then come out. Uh, but doesn't bet that Chauncey has been hiding in wait 
Portai in the locker room, and they end up having a chase that ends in Ty hurting his ankle and now not being able to play in the rest of the game. Dashing, dashing his dreams and dashing the game too. And it's really, really intense because they've already built up because he had a moment before with Lisa where he told her like he would protect her at all costs and basically get out of the the situation and come back for her. Like he wants to be her knight in shining armor. So he's really, really distraught about all his hopes and dreams in this moment. So, um, the detective, um, had been visited by Lisa, even though they had all agreed not to go to the police because they were like, don't involve the police. But she was like, no, 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 I need to tell somebody. So the detective didn't believe her at first, but now he's kind of investigating because some shit seems to have gone awry that he's been, that this guy has been near. Um, and so he goes and stops by Chauncey's house and Chauncey's mom is drunk at the door and Chauncey comes up and says, leave me alone. Like kind of like that. And I was like, Oh yeah. It's, it's the first time that we see his face and you go, Oh, he looks kind of crazy. It looks like he's, he's got, gone through it. Yeah. He's got like cigarette so, burns. It looks like and stuff on his body. Like he had some fights or something. And Lisa, we cut to after this Lisa getting ready for prom, this really beautiful white dress. And she's about to take her meds that she should probably be on. And she does like, you know, crazy horror movie move, throws them in the trash. I was like, girl. Yeah. Maybe so not. Just, just wait, wait till high school's over. Then take, <laughs> then do that. <laughs> you guys or maybe college. I don't know. <laughs> maybe ask um, your psychiatrist. How about that? Yeah. I would, I would, I would, might, might want to consult with a professional before um, just throwing your meds in the, in the trash. Um, so yeah. So, 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 so Ty and Lisa are going to homecoming together, but of course, uh, you know, everything is coming to fruition on the same evening. And while they're getting pretty getting ready for this homecoming dance, uh, 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 Chauncey is having a horrible fight with his mother uh, and she ends up choking his mom to the point where you're like, ooh, is he going to kill his mom? Because he looks like he's going to kill his mom here. But he, he gets her close. He doesn't have to like scare the shit out of her basically to try to like, he's trying to like scare her straight. I feel like kind of moment, you know what I mean though? Of yeah. like, just to like stop being so drunk and like get it together. Um, and we also have Derek, you know, with his mom, like this is a montage of all the kids before prom, like before not prom homecoming and Derek with his mom. And she's like, you know, have fun and, you know, be, be safe kind of situation. And Kim is talking to herself. This has happened a couple times now. Um, this is the one whose sister passed away, Amani. So she's literally kind of sounds like a little girl. It's kind of creepy because she talks to herself like, we'll do it together. It'll be fun. I'm doing this for you, sister. It's yeah. all for you. Yeah, it's it's very uh, Mrs. Voorhees where she's he's like talking to Jason, but it's actually herself. Um, and this at this point, and I was uh, I was really like, is it her? She seems pretty fucking crazy. It seems like she would be too small to do these things, but maybe it's her. I don't I, know. So they had that moment too. Or that she was like, try, or she was the like whisperer for whoever, if you know what I mean, though, was like doing it. Like, Iago. yeah, I was like, okay, she crazy enough to like kind of make shit happen. Like, she got unique, this superstar to come like take her to her homecoming dance. Like, who knows yeah. what her capabilities are with this, like, or maybe she's got some weird magic about her. So, who knows? And uh, Eddie so yes. <laughs> shows up with a cab to pretend to the dance and like tiffany who already is like looking for meeting up with ronnie and not really wanting to hang out with eddie the rest of the night she's on her way to probably break up with him we feel that already but he's keeps just doing wrong shit and showing up to pick up your your dance date in a yellow cab 
probably not <laughs> what she dreamed of. It's better than taking the bus. Let's say that. It sure is. It sure is. But I feel like maybe he like, you know, she would have expected him to either borrow a car or like get yeah. a limo or something. Get a limo. Know, nice. uh, so we get to uh, the homecoming dance uh, where Kim actually manages to get unique to sing at the homecoming dance. It was pretty suave. She wants to rub it into everybody's face. The who she Guess who I'm here with? Pretty but cool. it's so messed up the moment she does it, though, is when they're about to announce prom king and queen. And Lisa's, like, excited to have, like, her big moment because, like, it's her and Ty's moment to be, like, the king and queen in the school. And literally as they're about to announce it, they were like, oh, my God, Unique's here. And they pull him up and, like, crush that moment. So yeah. there, she misses her crowning moment entirely because a pop star or rap star is there. Um, and so Eddie and uh, Tiffany decide to take a walk in the park. We're like, ah, this is going to end well. To try to discuss some things. Well, it's the park right by the school. It's like by the schoolyard. And he's thinking he's going to go get some before the dance starts, clearly. And she's like, no, no. the mood so wrong. So wrong. (laughs) Oh, high school boys. Oh, real life boys. Anyway, Uh it's so, um, so she's actually taking him aside because she wants to break up um, (laughs) before this whole thing happens. But Chauncey is lying in wait, uh, gets Eddie um, and Tiffany... Well, they're talking their mid-conversation and she turns around in a dramatic like, oh, you don't understand. And as soon as she turns back around, he's gone. He's vanished around the corner because he's been grabbed by Chauncey. And like, but that's enough for her to take off immediately uh, in and takes off her high heels immediately. And I'm like, yes, girl, finally, just take those fuckers off and run out of those shoes so she can run. This is not Jurassic World. (laughs) (laughs) We ain't running in heels for three hours. I know, but then they completely undo it because what does she do next? Stumble and fall. No, but it's like, her it's her dress. Yeah. She takes off the shoes and leaves that freaking yeah. little purse, that clutch, and books it. But she tries to go over like a little like um little wall or berm or something like that. And so she has to like jump over and she doesn't quite clear the clearing because her dress is too long. And now her prom dress will will make her get uh her head bashed in with a rock. So yeah. Um, so then uh, Unique did such a good job in the prom. I'm sorry, homecoming dance that yeah. uh, Kim's got to take him back to that car and just get it on right there in that parking lot. Well, she Can't already wait. promised if he, if, cause they'd gone on date number one when he dropped her off the night before at the party. So this was date number two. She basically promised him that they would hook up. And so they do. So he's like, gets a phone call, of course, from like some work or management. So he's like, I got to take this call. I'll be right back. He hops outside of the car. She's taking after sex selfies. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in his car. I'm in this like freaking Range Rover or whatever. Like do, 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 do. And, and of course behind her that she's not paying any attention to is unique getting attacked uh, behind the car. You can see it through the window. Yeah. It's a cool sequence. Yeah. Um, and so we have Ty and Lisa. Finally, they are announced. They won prom uh, homecoming King and queen, but then we're going to take a 10 minute break and then we'll come up and we'll crown you after that. And I was like, what? who does that? You announce them and then you go up and get the thing. <laughs> I was like, I know you have to take a break now to like kill some people, but it's totally logistically weird. <laughs> Nobody does that. I don't what know. are you supposed to do with that 10 minute break? I don't know. Um, so then he asks Lisa, uh, if you'll like, she'll watch the bathroom door for him. And, yeah. and he really means it, but it's that 
a tough guy thing where you don't want to ask and she's like what he's like no no never mind it's fine it's cool i'm good he plays it off he's like i just want my queen with me all the time you know i'm just you know and i feel so bad for him in this moment because he really is genuinely terrified because he's already you know fucked up his ankle he's already had all these issues you know that happened with it and that's why he's asking so and then and lisa is like uh-huh. on the list yep and Lisa as well, like, you know, you know, has this moment too, where Gina comes up to her and points a freaking like toy gun while he's at the bathroom. And she's probably in her mind was like, I should have gone with him. You know what I mean? They're like, they, there's people coming for them. And Gina comes and points this like, um, gun at, at uh, Lisa and her heart point blank shoots her. It's a little like squirt gun that has Kool-Aid in it. And all over this beautiful white dress that she's got is now stained. Um, and so she goes to the restroom to try to, um, take that water or take it off with some water in the restroom and oof but the black hooded figure is there um and tries to attack lisa in the bathroom but she gives a good final girl fight uh and ends up running away uh questionably up to the roof uh not back into the dance where there's hundreds and hundreds of people but i, I think she got a little lost and she got panicked because she was like went through like a boiler room and some other stuff so they've gone like through all these different areas of, of, of the back of the school trying to evade him. Yeah, it does seem like a bad move to not go where there's actually like a shit ton of people. But even then, even with a lot of people around in this in this scenario, not super helpful. <laughs> I mean, that like Gina did like literally point like a gun in her face and no one even turned around. Do you know what I mean? That's no, like, very true. <laughs> like at the dance, I feel like someone would have said something or like at least, you know, more people would have noticed. It felt, it felt like no one even noticed that like at yeah. all. Um, and Dre so attacks, um, Ty during this moment too. This is like kind of dual scenes happening where, um, Dre comes in and, and basically punches and knocks out, um, Ty in the bathroom, um, so that Gina and Dre can go up and take the King and Queen spot. That's kind of their plan is to knock them out so that they can go and take these spots. Uh, so up on the roof, uh, the black hooded figure throws Lisa off the roof, uh, and then immediately comes back. But dive back down for uh, more bloodshed uh, when he chops Dre up backstage. Le- little to Gina's knowledge, who comes up with her plan anyway and just uh, shoves the teacher off the stage in a pretty ballsy move. She's a real tough little kind of mean, bad cookie, this little Gina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she wants her queen moment and she at all costs. And that's again, like if you were in this crowd, like no one really like was like, oh, that's bad. Like it was like, right. okay. Like knock that teacher out. Like, yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, they're just ready for some anarchy, you know, they're high school kids, but it's interesting. Cause like, you know, this is obviously a lots of carry carry parallels here. And it's interesting, sure. like Chris Hart, Chris Harkinson, like just wants revenge on Carrie. She doesn't want her crown, right? Like yeah. this is a whole nother level of like, I want you out of the way and I'm going to take your crown. And like, that's the, really the whole point of it. Um, but we find out Lisa is actually alive and is, uh, clinging onto the wall uh, with all her hope and ends up climbing down the wall. Um, like on some back typing in, and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the, the back of the dance, uh, the black hooded figure knocks Riza out. No, but Riza. Yeah. Well, out. he thinks he can handle it too. And I love that. Cause he's been so tough love this whole movie. He's been yeah. like the tough, tough, tough principal. And it's like, Nope. As soon as he comes near him, he just gets knocked the hell out. And you're like, Oh no, he's down now too. So the kids yep. are left with their own devices now. Um, and all of a sudden, um, I got lost the detective yeah. shows up 
just in the nick of time. Detective Johnson, he's gotten a call because someone did actually call in the assault to the teacher. So he shows up and um, he's like, yeah, I'm around. I can handle it. And um, he um, it's so funny, too, because when he's out and about, there's like that that homeless guy that he runs into, like with his like gun for a moment. And he's like, oh, no, no, you're like the town drunk or whatever. He's like, no, 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 you're fine. He's like, just go home and stop drinking. And he's like, oh, no, it's okay, man. Black Lives Matter, man. Black Lives Matter. Like walks away. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't shoot me. Um, So this is when he gets called in and he goes over there and he makes it. Um, and he's able to help stop the, like the ultimate badness that's about to happen as they're in a full fight, um, between, um, the hooded figure and Ty and, and, and Lisa jumps on, uh, the guy's back. And this is when we get the reveal. Finally, it wasn't actually Chauncey doing all the bad things. It was Derek who had been blaming him the whole time. He was the one who had seen him first out and about and wanted to blame him for his bad actions and used it as an excuse and cover to blame somebody else for his bad actions kind of the whole time. Yep. So using him as scapegoat to try to get him back in jail uh, and ruin his life even further. Uh, so No, uh, he wanted to get back at the other kids because he was. it seems like he was actually in love with Amani. We find out later that he had like a thing for her. It looks is what it's what I thought. And he was mm-hmm. just like, basically like he wanted to like reve- avenge her death. Um, but use Chauncey as a cover. Cause he was already somebody who was, had, you know, been in trouble, um, and would be easy to scapegoat for some bad actions. And so he, um, tells all the kids, he's like, the reason I did it is cause you killed us, you know, you killed, um, you know, you killed her, you killed Imani and he can't stop yelling it as he's taken, you know, to the hospital. Cause he's pretty, but pretty beaten up after all that time and all those fights yeah, at the end. Yeah. Cause there's a big tussle and Derek is thrown in front of a car. Um, so he said like, yeah, you killed us both that day. Yeah. Uh, so we, we end with Derek in the hospital looking pretty, pretty messed up. Uh, and we look up and just to see Chauncey, just watching him through the just window, through the window of the cigarette. hospital. Yep. Smiles. That's all he needs to do. Yeah. Walks away. Um, so that is thriller. So, um, what my friend, uh, John, my editor, the editor, John Quinn told me was that, uh, originally they had cut it where you saw Chauncey's face immediately after he got released from the prison and like his face was there in all of the scenes and then they cut it. So you only saw it. Wait, you only saw him way later. It wasn't until you met him at his house where you saw his face for the first time. So it kind of changed the dynamic also said that that actor, um, to the the scene with Jason Woods the the scene with the ketchup he drinks ketchup yeah uh, did actually did that and did like multiple takes of drinking just like a boatload of ketchup so well done to that I give shouts out I couldn't do um, that no it's really really gross uh, so this film was really fun and I would like to start us off if you would be so kind with some gore factor yeah so one is not enough blood to fill the Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. We give this movie a three and a half for gore. It's for the so gut. Enough to gro- yeah. yeah. There's the gut cut. And then some mm-hmm. like, you know, after like, because Chauncey's one, I guess, who hits um, Derek with the car. And uh, he's got like blood on it, you know, come out of his face. stuff so like that too. And just some of the, some of the little fight things that happen. So, yeah. All right. You got some movie ratings for us? I do, I do. Um, the chainsaws were, uh, were counting. One, if you're desperate, two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastic oracle. Um, I give this film um, I give this film a 3.5, kind of in line okay. with the gore. I'd, I really, um, 
I liked, um, I just was excited to see Big Boy, eh? Uh, clearly. <laughs> um, I was really stoked. Um, I think it's also really strong performances from these up-and-coming actors that I really like. Um, and I can't wait to see more with them. I feel like I've seen the tie mm-hmm. kid in a few things too. Um, I can't place right now, but, um, just really, I think like strong, strong kids on their way up. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, I gave it a three. Uh, I thought it was fun and it did the genre, you know, it had some new things to do with the genre and some, um, new messages for the genre as well that I thought was, uh, really cool. Um, so next week we are going to continue on, uh, with a film called crazy as hell, um, in our round of, uh, black directed horror films. So, uh, thank you so much for listening to us talk about thriller. Um, please do talk to us on our social media. We are there on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, we also have a Patreon that we would love for you to uh, check out. We send out newsletters, we send out interviews, we have special photos and all sorts of stuff for you. That's an um, early fun. access to the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And early access. Yeah. You can have it on a, on a, a Friday instead of a Monday. How about that? It's pretty I like good, it. Right? All weekend long? Um, what? All weekend long. Um, also, uh, if you are listening to us on iTunes and do like us, we, we always love your uh, reviews and, you know, ratings on iTunes. Would be Helps nice. other people find us. Thanks, guys. We yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. So we will see you next week. Or crazy as hell. Yeah. Crazy <laughs> as hell.